Well, kia ora, Connect Church. I'm so excited to be able to say that this morning. Welcome to Connect Church Online. We're in level two. Bring on level one. And everybody in lounges everywhere said, amen. Help me, Jesus. Well, I want to tell you, it's so nice. I, I feel fantastic today. I'm ready. I was just saying to the team before who are putting this all together. And well done, team, all of you who are putting this all together. I, I, I was just saying, I feel so excited to be able to actually see some people uh, in the flesh to see what, remember what human beings look like again. I was in a cafe on, uh, I think it was Friday, and just had my first coffee with someone. And it was quite actually an emotional experience. There was somebody else in the cafe. The cafe was full, everybody keeping their distance and all that. But the cafe was full, and, and then somebody began to sing happy birthday. They brought a cake out. Someone began to sing happy birthday. And I, I want to tell you, the cafe erupted. I mean, there was just like, uh, it, it was like being in a, in a Pentecostal church. I'll just tell you, it, it erupted with everybody. I mean, we don't even know this person, but everyone was saying happy birthday. And, and I, I got teary-eyed. In, in fact, others, other people got teary-eyed uh, as well. It was such a powerful thing. There's, there's nothing like quite being with other people. So I'm so glad we're at where we're at right now and so glad that I'm able to do this live uh, today with you. And certainly we've had some uh, crazy times during this COVID lockdown thing. I mean, we've, some of us have had some crazy hair. I've, I've had a haircut, as you can tell, I look quite, uh, quite good, I think. But, but there's been some crazy, crazy moments over the last few weeks. But, I'm, but, but hey, we're out the other Aside, and uh, I, I was thinking about lockdown. I mean, it seems like a long time ago uh, when we came into lockdown. But I was, I was thinking about all the different things that have happened. We've, we did a wedding. We started off doing a a, a wedding with uh, Tom and uh, Tom and Tara. They got they got married, and they're they're enjoying the honeymoon, the uh, married life there. And uh, I also did some dancing. I did some dancing. I learned some. I did my first. TikTok, can you believe it or not? I also took on the uh, uh, Real Fitness Challenge. Um, I don't know about you, I have, I, I had lost some weight, but I've, I've got to be honest, during lockdown, I found it again. I found it again. Uh, hoping to lose it again, uh, who knows? But I did some serious uh, exercise uh, uh, challenge, and I also got pranked. I also got pranked badly. I got pranked. If you don't believe me, here's just some of the things I got up to in lockdown. Let's just watch that. Alle tieners zeggen ja tegen MDMA. Je meisje is een mots uit seks met je pa. Geen blad voor mijn mond, maar weg voor mijn. So you're asking, how was I so gullible? How did I fall into that trap? Well, I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. It's because Kyle, my son-in-law, who I thought loved me, 
My son-in-law, for 10 minutes before that, he was doing that. He was putting it on his head, dropping it into the funnel, putting it on his head. And so when he said, hey, do you want to try this and see if you can do it? I thought, how hard can it be? But they got me. But I will get them back. Just uh, uh, know that. So lots of things happened in lockdown. And of course, yesterday, um, uh, we, were, we were married for 33 years. Anita and I were married for 33 years. I think that's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about that. And I can, uh, people are clapping in living rooms. I can hear you. I can hear you wherever, wherever you are. The other cool thing that we did is we raised over $21,000 to help with Vanuatu uh, uh, cyclone relief. In lockdown, $21,000. Absolutely awesome. But I, I do have to say this, the, the, one thing, the one thing I noticed during doing those TikToks and my, uh, that, that pranking stuff, you know, I, I've seen a couple of thousand people might watch my sermons, but can I, can I just uh, uh, say about a zillion people watched me being pranked? Uh, that goes deep, people. Only a few thousand watch my sermon, but a zillion people watching me get pranked, it goes, it goes deep, people. I just want to say. All right, turn to the person next to you and say, are you ready for the word? That's it. Come on. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We pray today as we listen to your word that you would stir our hearts, change us, shift what you want to shift. Holy Spirit, be on the dry bones. Bring it to life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to start by asking you a question today. And can I just say, it just feels so good to be standing. I, I have sat in a chair looking straight at a camera. It feels so good. So I'm, I feel like I'm going to preach. I'm on fire this morning. But I want to start with a question that says this. How do you feel about God's desire to govern your life? How do you feel about God's desire to govern your life, because in Scripture it is unmistakable that God desires to do so. In the 66 books of the Bible, God tells us almost 6,500 times, 6,500 times that He wants to be the Lord our God. God desires to govern your life. I've called my message today, King, prophet, priest. And I guess I'm really talking to you about Jesus the king. Jesus the prophet. Jesus the priest. And of course, when it comes to Jesus the priest, we, we get that Jesus. We understand that Jesus. We, we like that Jesus. We, we, we get Jesus the priest. In fact, I would say we love Jesus the priest. We love him. We love him. But I'm, I'm not so, so sure that we get Jesus the king, or Jesus the prophet. Uh, last week I said Jesus the priest, he gets us, he, under, he understands us. Jesus the priest gets where we, uh, we live. We talk from Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. He gets us. He understands us. We love Jesus, the priest. We love Jesus, the priest, who healed the sick and, and, and cared for the hurting, who uh, fed the 5,000 fish and chips on the mountainside, the, 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 
Jesus, the priest who forgives and forgets. And I, I, I think, I think that's because Jesus, the priest, gets us. He gets our humanity. And because he gets us, we get him. And so we can relate to this Jesus. We can receive this Jesus. But Jesus, the king, Jesus, the prophet, we... we I think, because I've been a Christian for a long time, but I, I think if I'm honest, we, we can struggle a bit with those two parts of who Jesus is. But Jesus is a king. Jesus is a king. In order for us to understand that, we need to receive him in that way also. Jesus is a king... I understand not just because Kanye says so. Jesus is king because the Bible says so. We saw this on Psalm, uh, Palm Sunday as we talked about what was called the triumphant entry. Matthew 21 verse 1, it says, As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethpage in the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. And then it says this, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. What prophet? Zechariah in Zechariah 9.9. Read it. Go and read it. But here's what it says. It says, say to daughter Zion, see your king comes. Your king is coming. Your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And it goes on to say, the people welcomed him. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? See, when Jesus got on that donkey, I just want to say he wasn't horsing around. That was just a little attempt at humor in these tough times. But he wasn't horsing around. He knew exactly what he was doing when he got on that donkey. He knew exactly that he was fulfilling that prophecy in Zechariah 9, verse 9. He was saying, I'm coming as Jesus, the king. But the truth is, people didn't get this. People didn't understand this. And, and can I say, if I'm honest, I think even today some people don't understand Jesus the King. And that's why they said, who is this? Who is this? And so that is the question for us today that we need to answer for our lives. Who is this Jesus to me? Who is this Jesus to you? Because uh, if you're a believer, you may have received him as priest, but have you received him as king? Because there is a difference. Jesus the king is different to Jesus the priest. Because understand what do kings do? Kings rule. Kings rule. Kings reign. Kings discipline. They'll, they'll, they'll tell you off. They'll say, that's not, that's not what I want you to do. Kings discipline. Not only that, kings decree. That means they just tell you how it's going to be. They, the kings do not ask your permission. 
They do not ask your permission. Kings don't need, listen to me, kings don't need to consider your feelings. Just saying, not trying to hurt you now, but kings don't need to consider your feelings. I'm trying to help you. You know, how do you, you know, God's not going to go, you've got to understand, Jesus the king is not going to say, how do you feel about this? I'm wanting to do this in your life. Are you okay with that? Oh, you're not okay? Okay, we, we'll, let's just leave it. Not going to happen. Kings don't do that. And remember, Jesus is not just a king. He's the king of kings. And kings, we've got to understand, they have authority. Oh, I like to say that now that I'm preaching. Authority. Now that you stand up, it even just has, I just, I'm just enjoying standing up. I'm just saying it right now. Kings have authority over that which is under them. So what's under him? Well, everything. Everything. Philippians 2 verse 9 says, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. He's over everything. He's the king of everything. Colossians tells us the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all. Over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. He's over them all. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head. Friend, don't, don't, don't try and be the head. Don't try and be the boss. He is the head. He is the head. Come on, now I've lost my place. Where is it? Yes. And he is the head. Of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. See, kings decree how it's going to be. They don't ask for your opinion. They don't ask how do you feel about that. Kings decree how it's going to be. And when Jesus got on that donkey, when Jesus got on that donkey as he, he rode into Jerusalem, he wasn't coming to be Mr. Nice Guy. And you say, well, how do I know that? I know that by what he did next. Uh, by what he did next, it reveals how a king and a prophet acts differently. See, he was about to shift some stuff. He was about to turn some table. And here's the thing, not everybody likes that. Not everybody enjoyed that. We saw as the king on his colt, he passed through the gate and into the temple, and they asked, as we read out before, they asked, who, who is this? And in Matthew 21, verse 10, when they said, who is this? The people answered and said this, this is Jesus the prophet. Coming as king, now this is Jesus the prophet. And Hebrews 1, verse 1 says this, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Jesus went from the triumphant entry to the temple mount. And right there, he started to change and rearrange some stuff because that's what kings and prophets do. And so we see Jesus the prophet here in Matthew. Jesus said he entered the temple courts and he drove out 
all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer. We can see here that Jesus the prophet comes in and what does he do? He immediately upsets the status or status quo. He changed, he begins to change and rearrange some stuff that had maybe been like that for a long time. But he comes in and he says, I'm gonna change and rearrange some stuff. He, he drove stuff out of there that shouldn't be there. He turned the tables, he brought the word of the Lord. And basically he was saying, I don't like this. I don't like what you're doing here, stop it. Basically, he was saying, I, I don't like what I see here. I don't like what you're, you're doing. Uh, this is not how I want you to do life. This is not how I want you to do worship. This is not how I want you to relate to me. See, when Jesus, the priest, speaks, we, we love him. We love him, and why wouldn't we? He's kind, he's compassionate, full of mercy and grace, and why wouldn't we receive him as that? Why wouldn't we? But I want to tell you, if we don't receive him also as king and as prophet, I'm preaching good now. If you, don't, if you don't receive him as king and as prophet, the potential is that you might miss out on the fullness of all God wants to speak into and do in your life. Just saying. I could be talking to that person right next to you on the couch. I know it's not for you, but it's that person next to you right now. If we fail to let Jesus the King speak, if we fail to let Jesus the prophet speak, if we don't perceive him as king, I want to tell you, we, we won't receive him as king. If we don't perceive him as prophet, we won't receive him as prophet. And all I'm saying today is we need to receive Jesus as he is. Not as we'd like him to be, not as we'd hope he'd, he'd be. We need to receive Jesus as he is, not as we would like him to be. You know, we have a song that we used to sing years ago when I first became a Christian. It goes like this, Jesus, take me as I am. I can come no other way. It's a good song, good song, good song. But I, I want to tell you, we need to take Jesus as he is. We need to take Jesus exactly as he is, as king, prophet, and priest. We need to do the same with Jesus. We need to take Jesus as he is, not who we think he is, or who your friends tell you who he is, or what Google says he is. We need to take him as he is. To not do so, we risk missing out. Oh, hear me now. I'm past Adam. I, I love you. I'm trying to help you. If we don't receive him in all of his fullness, we, we, we risk missing out on all that what Christ has to do and say in our lives. See, see, here's the thing. You don't change the king. You don't, you don't change the king to suit you. You don't change the king. You, you let the king change you. Uh, you, you. You don't change him. You let him change you. We don't, we don't change his word to suit us. We let his word change us to please him. Now I'm saying here today, let, let Jesus the king, let Jesus the prophet speak 
into your life. And of course, people will say, but what if he says something I don't like? Exactly. Exactly. Yes, even when you don't like it and you want to fight it, let him speak into your life. When Jesus the King and prophet cleansed the temple, it is abundantly clear that they did not like it. People didn't like it. They didn't like Jesus messing around with their lives. Didn't like Jesus messing around with their, their livelihood. They didn't like Jesus telling them how they should live. Does that sound like people around, the, uh, uh, around where we live? They, they didn't like people telling them how they should live, how they should do, do life. Didn't like telling them how, how they should behave. Didn't like him telling them, stop that, overturning their tables. They didn't, they didn't like it. People, it's amazing that people went from loving him the day before to, I want to kill him. They said to him, uh, when he was doing this, they're like, what authority, Jesus? What authority are you doing? Are you, by, by what authority are you doing these things? By what authority are you messing with my life, what, changing and rearranging what we had set up? Uh, uh, what, by what authority are you messing with our worship? What, what, by what authority are you overturning the things that we've set up? Overturning the tables of our lives. By what authority are you doing this? And we do that, right, if we're, if we're honest. We do that. We're like, you know, God, something's happening in our life. We're like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? What, what, do you have, can, you, can you leave that part of my life alone? Especially, especially, especially when God says, don't do that or stop that or no, stop that. I don't want you doing that. Or get rid of that. When, when, or when, when God says, no, no. I said, oh God, I, I thought you were going to say yes. And he's saying, no. We're like, what? God, why are you saying that to me? You know, many times as believers, here's the thing. And, and, and it's not you guys who are watching, but it's other Christians. I know you guys are amazing. But many times as believers, we try and bargain with Jesus. It's like, Jesus, I've got this situation. Can you please do what I want you to do in this, and we, we tell him how we would like him, the king, to work this situation out. It's because we're talking to Jesus the priest, I think, sometimes. And we tell him how we would like this situation to work out. Oh, my goodness, I just spotted this guy. Oh, my, he is so cute. God, could you just set it up first so I can marry him? Can you set it up so I can be together? God, would you just, would you just do that? Oh, I'd be so happy, God. Can, can you grant my wish? Listen, you don't get three wishes. I'm not being a meanie, Jesus ain't a genie. I'm just saying, don't, don't be hurt. He's a king. And, and, and the king doesn't do what we want him to do, unless he wants to do it. We don't get three wishes. You've got to understand, your wish is not his command. Just being clear. Why is it that we struggle to obey? Why is it that we struggle to obey? Why is it? So hard for us to say, not my will, but yours be done. And really, I'm just trying to get us back to the original question. And the keyboard can come now. I've waited so long to be able to say that. Come on, keyboard, come and, come and play. But I'm just trying to get us back to the original question, which is this, how do you 
feel about God's desire to govern your life? How do you feel about that? I mean, we get Jesus the priest, but, but do we receive him as king? Do we allow the prophet to speak his word into our, our lives? Do you give him authority to speak? Do you allow him to say no? Do you allow him to decree and to rule and to reign in your life? Maybe even discipline. Bring discipline to your life. Whether you like it or not. I know some today will be going, what relevance is this for, for me, Pastor? The temple in Jerusalem, it's gone. It's gone. But here's the thing, and if you've been around the Bible for a while, you'll know. You'll understand that the Bible says today that you and I, if you're a follower of Christ, you and I are the temple. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Don't you know, if, if you didn't know, you do now. It says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? You know, when we heard the gospel, we understood Him as priest. We get it, like I said. We understand him as priest, the one who has stood in the, the gap, the one who has delivered us and, and freed us, the one who, who gave himself up for us. And we know that he just, he loves us just the way we, we are. You've got to know that today. He loves you the way you are. And we love that Jesus, but he's, all I'm saying today is we've got to understand He's more. When you received Jesus the priest, you also received Jesus the king and Jesus the prophet. But you see, here's the thing. Here's the difference. The king and the prophet, they love you enough not to keep you as you are, but to change you from glory to to glory. And because of that, in your temple, in your life, there are going to be things, things that He wants to drive out. Things that He wants to change and rearrange. There are going to be tables in your life that you've set up and he's going to want to overturn them. Decisions that you've made that he's going to want to overturn them. Because the king and the prophet are saying, this is not how I want you to do life. This is not how I want you to do worship. This is not how I want you to relate to me. And here's the thing, please understand this. He does not ask you 
if you feel okay about that. If that's all good. The king will not ask you how you feel about it. He's a king. He's a king and he's going to say no to things that you may want to do and he's going to tell you to do things that you may not want to do because kings do that. My challenge for you today is to reply when that happens in your life rather than fight it. To just go as Jesus did in the garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but yours be done. You know, in your life to today, what needs to be driven out? What habits, what things that have you allowed in your temple that need to be driven out? I mean, even as I'm speaking now, the Holy Spirit is on that word. You, you even, know, even as I'm speaking, different ones of you, wherever you are, you, you just know, well, it's that, it's this. This has been happening, yet, but nobody else knows, but you know God. And I know I sh- shouldn't be living with that. I've put it in the temple. And He's wanting to drive it out today in the name of Jesus. Yeah, the priests understand you, but the king and the prophet are saying that can't be there anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm growing you from glory to glory. Hallelujah. To drive out. What things does he need to overturn? What decisions that you've made that you're going, oh, well, I'm going to do this. And I think it's okay. Yeah, I know in the Bible it says don't do that, but I think it's okay. I feel it's okay. No, no. He needs to overturn your decision in Jesus' name. Well, things that need to be changed and rearranged. You've said it all. I love how this looks. And he said, no, I, I'm going to change it. Uh, my challenge to us today is, would you say, come, King Jesus. Do what you want to do. Have your way. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Cleanse this temple my king, prophet, and priest. Amen. Holy Spirit, I just pray, Father God, for every person on the sound of my voice, that they would know and hear what the Spirit of God is saying to them personally here today about their life, their temple, that space where you reside. May you be the king on the throne of their heart. In Jesus' name. You know, as I close, uh, maybe you've tuned in here and you're watching this for the first time and you're just aware you don't know this this Jesus who I'm speaking about. And so I'm just asking the question today, do you need to get right with God? Would you, would you bow to His authority in your life? Would you bow to this King that I'm talking to you about today? I want to invite you to invite Jesus to be king of your life today. And if that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And wherever you are, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Let's pray. Bow your heads. Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, 
I receive you into my heart today. Take the throne of my life. I turn away from sin and towards you. Cleanse my temple today and direct my life from this day forward. Amen. Amen. I also want to take a moment and I want to pray, especially as we've moved into level two. I want to take a moment and pray for every one of our businesses. There are many people in our church, they're running businesses, they're doing things. I want to pray. These are challenging times. I want to pray for, for every business and, and business owners and business leaders. I want to pray that you would prosper in these times, that, that, that in Jesus' name, that God would do miracles, that this would be a miracle season for you. That when, when, when you think, I don't see a way forward, God's going to do a miracle. I pray that and speak that over every business person right now. I pray, Father God, for for deals and provision in Jesus' name. I pray you watch over every business person. Lord, for those who are worried about their jobs, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would protect them. Father God, I pray that you would, for those even that lose their jobs maybe, Father God, I pray you give them a better opportunity in the name of Jesus. He's a miracle worker. Lord, help us to be ones who can walk on the water as the storm thrashes about around us because we keep our eye on Jesus. So I want to say, again, it's important you support your local business, but you support your kingdom business too. In Jesus' name. This has been so great. I've loved being back in the pulpit, being able to move and being able to preach. I pray it's encouraged you and blessed you today. Let me finish with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Amen.